Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. There's a high fly ball. Welcome back to the Meyer Jensen Sports Open Line. And it's a gunner. Big fly, Nolan Jensen, a personal injury law firm, because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. And the Billikens win this one. Touchdown, Kansas City! On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. How about some baseball for the 7 o'clock hour? I think that's a good idea. Now, unfortunately, um, a lot of what we have to talk about with baseball right now is numbers. But not like the numbers on the field. I wish we were talking about batting average and home runs and wins above replacement and strikeouts and things like that. But, and, and we will do, I'm going to do a little on the field stuff with the Cardinals later on. We'll talk a bit about their catching situation. We don't need to spend too much time on it. When I talked about the bullpen and the rotation last week, it was a deeper conversation. There's a lot more there. The catching situation is pretty straightforward. Although I think it's more interesting this year than it has been in years past, just because we know, that Yachty has said it's his last year, and you know we know that he's going to catch, I would assume, catch every game that Wainwright pitches because the two of them uh, have a chance to become the all-time leaders in games played together as a battery, like starts as a battery, pitcher and catcher. So I'm sure that will be the case. But you know, figuring out how much Molina is going to play this year, um, you know, what do we what do we need to see from Andrew Kisner? Like, you know, Kisner as a backup catcher, hasn't been able to put up numbers offensively. It's really hard to show what you can do offensively if you're not getting regular at bats. And then, of course, you're going to have Yvonne Herrera probably, I'm going to guess at AAA. He put up pretty good numbers at AA last year. So either AA or AAA, but probably if he starts at AA, probably will spend a bunch of the year at AAA anyway. So you got a top prospect coming who's a top 100 prospect according to a bunch of places, including like Keith Law of The Athletic. So, you know, I think we have an interesting conversation there. That's going to be later on this hour. I want to start with the lockout. And, you know, we were told last week by Rob Manfred that the the league was, ex- was going to make a compelling offer this weekend to the players. And that was just bull crap. That's what that was. 
because the offer wasn't compelling. It wasn't in any way significantly better or different than the previous offer. And what's irritating about this process, there's two things. I agree that the players need to move on some of their positions. Okay. Now keep in mind though, at the beginning of all of this, two things that the players asked for that they wanted to negotiate over, they gave up on because they were told those things were non-negotiable. So the players wanted to talk about getting to free agency sooner. Right now it's six years. They wanted they wanted to make it five. The owner said no, not up for discussion. And the players dropped that topic. Guys, that is a huge concession. A topic that you really wanted to dig in on, you were basically told from the word go, nope, non-starter. So you dropped it. You let it go. You're like, okay, we're going to let that go. That's a pretty big give. That's a big deal, getting to free agency a year sooner. They also wanted to talk about arbitration sooner for more people. Some players can get to arbitration after two years. They're called the Super Twos. And they wanted to make it so that essentially that everybody would be able to get to arbitration after two years. And owners said, nope, non-negotiable. We will not talk about that. And the, and the players dropped that. So those two things are were major topics. Those would have major economic impact on the Players Association. And they were told, no, we won't talk about those things. And then the players dropped them. Those are not part of the discussion anymore. So we can't forget that two major concessions were given. Now, it's not that the players had them to give back, but they just dropped the conversation entirely. They were told, nope, we won't even talk about those things. And the players eventually came to the conclusion that, okay, we're probably wasting our time there. Let's move on to other things. And I'm not sure I really understand why the owners as a whole seem to be, you know, acting in a spiteful way in all of this. Like they have really dominated the last 10 years when it comes to collective bargaining. The last two CBAs have been very much in favor of the owners and the numbers prove it. I mean, revenues are going up and payroll has gone down. Does that not paint the picture for you? How much more do you need to know that the owners are winning right now and have been winning for a good while for these last 10 years? If revenues are going up and payroll has gone down, that means more owners are keeping more of their money. And by the way, they won those talks. They did a better job. Nope, I, I bear no ill will towards them on that. You benefited from it. But we know that the revenues are going up. Okay, we can measure this. TV contracts are continually getting bigger. The new ones being offered and signed from the networks are bigger than the ones before. There is some potential instability with the regional sports networks because of all the problems they're having with streaming services, people cutting the cord, and you know there's a little there's less coverage because fewer people have cable and satellite than before. So yeah, that's a potential concern, but given the fact that baseball games draw very well in local markets. They don't get big national ratings, but they do get great local ratings in the markets where teams exist. Even if the current model for regional sports networks changes somehow, those viewers are still there. 
Those there, the, there's the demand is still there, and somebody will step into that breach to make sure that those games are being seen. If the current structure, the current setup with the regional sports outlets has to change for some reason. So we know that those things are happening, that the guaranteed TV deals that Major League Baseball is receiving are bigger than they've ever been before. We know that gambling is becoming legal in more and more places, and as that's happening, you're seeing sports books attached to stadiums. We're seeing them in stadiums. Teams are taking advertising from sports betting companies. They're in partnership with those companies. And again, just there's there's more revenue opening up because of that. And we can't forget the part here that's going to come soon. I don't know when, but I would bet likely during this the next term of collective of the collective bargaining agreement. So let's say they agree to it next week. It'll be a five year deal. I think somewhere within those five years, Major League Baseball is going to expand. They're going to add two more teams, and that's going to be even more revenue. That's going to be what I would think is a minimum of a billion-dollar expansion fee for each of those teams, and that's just money. that Those are checks that are going to get cut to owners. They're just, here you go. Beep. That's yours. It's just new revenue. That's going to happen. They they want uh, every by by all accounts, Major League Baseball wants to get to thirty two teams. And by the way, guess what that's going to do? In addition to the, in addition to the old expansion fee, there, TV deals will grow larger because now their coverage will be bigger. You'll be adding two more cities to the coverage area, and you're adding two more cities where you're going to be generating more local revenue too. Local TV money. Ticket sales, jerseys, hats, you, you know the whole deal. So revenue's growing, and it's on pace to continue growing. So why would you want to pick this fight this way if you're the owners? I mean, how hard would it be to make some simple concessions, give the players a chance to make more money than they do now, knowing full well two things, knowing that the revenue is going up and also knowing that what you owe the players is in no way tied to that revenue. In the NFL, the NBA, and the NHL, revenue is tied to what the players get paid. They get, they're guaranteed a percentage. In baseball, they are not guaranteed a percentage of the revenue. So if you give them more now, in three or four years, you're still winning. You're still gaining. You still have a larger percentage of the pie than the owners do in any other sport. And I don't understand why it's worth this. I don't understand why it's worth the fight. So when we look at the major issues here, we're going to go into a couple of de- in a little more detail on a couple of the major issues that were that are in the offer that was exchanged on Saturday. But we have these things as, as our starting point. Ownership flat out rejected as non-negotiable. The idea of reaching free agency sooner, the idea of getting into arbitration sooner. Those two things were issues that were raised by the players. They were dismissed out of hand. And by the way, again, fine with me. You've got some power. You use that power. Those things are off the table. They're not being discussed anymore. 
those were the two areas where the owners could have really lost a lot of money on. They that Those could have cost them. But they're not even a part of the discussion. We're going to get into the luxury tax offer that we saw this Saturday. And what's being offered now is measurably and significantly worse for the players than the previous situation. One that was already a problem for the players. They, the owners are raising their offers a little bit, like 2%. On the lower end of the scale, where we're talking about minimum salaries going from 575 to 650 or something along those lines, and the players want it to go more. But again, these are on the low end of the spectrum where it's not going to cost a whole lot of money. The bonus pool money that they're talking about, that the owners are offering is, offering is ridiculously low, right? They're talking about a bonus pool for the players, the one to three players that are not into arbitration yet, where they can get paid based on performance if they're, you know, so the guys making the minimum can make more than that if they're putting up big numbers. The the players are currently asking for a hundred million dollars pool there. That's good. That's too much. They're not going to get that, and honestly, they shouldn't. But even that, it's only about three million dollars a team. Does that sound like a lot to you? Because that's that's a that's a middle reliever. That's a bench player. That's nothing. But the league's offer is fifteen million instead of hundred. I mean, like, can we not? move a little faster on that. So this is where I wanted to start off with. And now I want to get into the luxury tax, which is what we're going to do next. I'm going to tell you how the old system is set up. I'm going to talk to you about what the owners have just offered as a new system and why it's ridiculous based on what revenues are doing, based on how these things have worked over the recent years. And again, I am making the case today, as I have for a long time, that the owners are not negotiating in good faith. They're telling us that they're making good offers, but these offers are measurably worse than the status quo. Next up on KMOX. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. 
Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Back in on KMOX, Kevin Wheeler with you here talking about the lockout and talking a lot about today what I think is, and I I think calling it propaganda is certainly too strong, but, and misinformation might even, because I don't want this to be sounding political or anything, but I will say that the commissioner BS'd us last week. After the owners' meetings on Thursday, he was like, we're going to make a strong proposal to the players' union. And it wasn't. It just wasn't. I mean, I've already outlined the things that are not even up for discussion anymore. And there are only a couple of areas that could lead to some gain, real gain, for the Players Association when it comes to total money spent on player salaries. Now, keep in mind, I don't think that the the high-end players should make any more than they do. They're fine. I'm not. This is not an argument about what Bryce Harper makes or what a, what the future star players are going to make. I don't care. They're fine. <laughs> they make a lot of money. I would be interested, and I know the players union would never accept this. I would be interested in limiting the top end salaries like they do in the NBA. There's a limit. There's a maximum that a player can make individually and in terms of number of years. Unfortunately, what's happening in baseball is it's too hot, it's too top heavy, and I really would love to balance that out. But I will say that it is important to point out that while revenues have gone up, payrolls and salaries have gone down. And I've got the numbers on that, so I want to paint the picture for you. If you want to get a really good analysis of this that really presents it, it's not a balanced presentation, nor is mine, because I'm not both sidesing this. I do acknowledge the players need to move off of some of their positions. But the owners need to as well, and they need to move more in a couple of key areas so that we can make this more reasonable as opposed to, hey, we've had the advantage for 10 years, and we want to continue having the advantage over you. Jay Jaffe did a really good analysis of this on fan graphs with the numbers pulled from a bunch of other great stories. I mean, he really did a great job at, at outlining it. But here's the th- here are the things that that are interesting to me. Okay, so Rob Manfred last week put on the sales pitch about how strong the offer was that they made to the union. And when you break it down, it really isn't. So when you talk about, for example, the luxury tax, under the old system, the first level of the luxury tax was $210 million. And your tax, if you went above that, was 20%. And it would stay that way until you got to 230, $230 million, And then that tax would jump to 32%. And if you were $250 million or more, then the tax jumped to 62.5%. These are, I think, meaningful amounts of money, but manageable if a team wants to go over it. So their new offer, their new offer bumped the luxury tax from 210 to 214. Oh, thanks for the 1.8% increase, guys. 
not even close to the number, the, the, like the level of inflation, not even close to matching the increases in revenue. So they bumped it up to $214 million, but then increased the penalties. So we went up 1.8%, but the first level of offense went from 20% tax to 50% plus losing a pick, although they took that pick out. So we'll, we'll just take that part out for there, too. The second level, $235 million in payroll. The tax is now 75% compared to 32% in the previous CBA. And that comes with a loss of a second-round pick. And then the big tax at $254 million of payroll is a 100% tax compared to 62.5% from the previous CBA and the loss of a first-round pick. And that is the deal that the commissioner, with a straight face, said is a better offer for the players than what they currently have. And I don't understand how you could even come close to making that argument. You're not raising the luxury tax minimum in any measurable way, and you're making the penalties for going above the number even worse. Now, to set this up and to show you, because I don't like to just tell you that that's a bad offer, I want to show you why it's a bad offer. So I looked at revenues from 2012 to 2019. I didn't include 2020 because it was a wash. And I didn't have 2021's numbers yet. And even if they, even if we do, they're going to be a little lower. Like 2019 is the last normal year. Maybe 2022 will be the next normal year if these two sides can get their asses in gear and get in there. But revenues... From 2012 to 2019, went up 43%. Okay, so the average team revenue. So this is the revenue generated on average per team. Yeah. It's around $240 million in 2013. Went up to $350 million in 2019. It's a 46% increase in average team revenue from 2013 to 2019. The luxury tax went from $178 million to $210, so it was a 17% increase. So revenue went up 46%. Luxury tax went up 17%. Average opening day payroll went up 26%. So clearly not going up, not neither the luxury tax nor payroll going up at the same rate as revenue has been increasing. Total payroll that the players were given, the total amount of money that the players were paid in salary in 2019 was almost exactly the same as it was in 2014. So over a six-season period, there was no increase in total money. Now, it did go up and down a little in both, in both ways, right? So, like, after 2013, actually 2014, so like 2015, 16, and 17, that payroll went up a bit. And then from 17 to 18 to 19, it went back down to the point where in 2019, the total payroll allotted toward players was lower than it was in 2014. Not a lot. It was almost the same. But... Again, revenues are going up. Salaries are going down. 
And what we're getting as a response from the owners in collective bargaining is we're going to put things in place that will be even more restrictive when it comes to payrolls. We're going to put stiffer penalties on luxury tax violators, and we're not going to re- we're not going to increase the luxury tax by any meaningful amount. Again, it's like one point eight percent, two ten to two fourteen. Again, revenues are going up. TV deals are getting bigger. Gambling revenues coming in. Expansion is coming. All of these things will continue to grow revenue. I will tell you that you know if you look at total revenue, it's pretty. It's a pretty simple thing. That in 2012, the total revenue was about 7.5 billion a year. By 2019, it was 11 billion. Again, it's a massive increase. It's it's a 50 percent increase in a 10 year period. And again, those numbers are trending upward, not not downward, not leveling off. They're trending upward. And what I what I what's off putting to me is the stubbornness in this. Like I I don't think the players are being unreasonable in being offended by the way that this is being handled. They should not get everything that they want. The players absolutely should not get what they're asking for. So if they're asking, you know, they're asking for that $100 million bonus pool for the players that are pre-arb, the guys making the minimum salaries and all that, they shouldn't get that. Maybe they should get half of that. Maybe. I'd listen to less than half, but you gotta you gotta sell me on it. But they shouldn't get what they're asking for. But where is the where is the movement from the owners in a positive direction? They talked about all these. And the only thing that they've granted, the only thing they've they've been willing to do is raise the minimum payroll, which is good. I'm happy about that. It's not very much. You know, we're talking about barely I don't I don't even think that the offer in terms of the raise in the in the in the minimum salary, I don't even think that it's matching inflation. But it's an increase. And it should go up more than their say than their than their offer is right now, but it's not going to end up being a whole lot more. And I, I think that's a good thing, but that's a very small amount of money, guys. If you look at the number of players out there making the minimum, adding thirty to forty to fifty thousand dollars a year isn't a ton of money. Even if you look at so, like, let's just say, for the sake of argument, that half of Major League Baseball was making the minimum, and we raised everything fifty thousand dollars. So what's half of Major League Baseball? Well, there's 750 players. Well, actually, that's not true anymore. It's 26 times 32. So we we now have an extra player per 30 teams. So we now, what, 780? I don't know, whatever. We now have more players. But we're talking about an amount of money that really isn't that huge. And I, again, I, I don't, I, in there, and, and the commissioner talks about it like it's a huge concession. If it's 25 or $30 million total for the sport, it's an extra million dollars a team. That's not a big increase. I mean, it, don't get me wrong, it's good. 
I, I'm glad that it's going up. That's a concession. It's going in the right direction. But on the biggest of issues where the biggest dollars are at stake, it's not moving. Now, I do want to make one counterpoint to myself because I do think it's important to acknowledge that there's a competitiveness issue here. And one of the things that Major League Baseball players have wanted to address is competitiveness. And by the way, you notice the owners have uh, the only thing that they've offered and I think the only thing still even being discussed when it comes to trying to enhance competitiveness has been a draft lottery, which will not have that impact. The reason teams like to tank is because they make a lot of money when they tank. So if they aren't going to pick first or second and they're only going to pick fourth, they're okay. They're still going to tank because it's still profitable to do it. But one of the arguments against raising the luxury tax is that it would give too much of an advantage to the biggest market teams. And I want to look into that a little bit next on KMO. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. All right, so I, I do want to make one kind of counter-argument to the argument that I've been making here is that the owners need to move more, and the only way the players get any kind of gain that would be seen as meaningful would be if we're going to raise the luxury tax threshold uh, or find a different way around that. Because I, I do think there's a concern from from a large number of owners, and I do think for we, we as fans should be concerned about this a little bit as well, that if they do move the luxury tax threshold up, there aren't that many teams that are going to go to that level. right? There aren't that many teams that get there now, right? And I think that that is an important thing. So the luxury tax threshold in 2021 was $210 million. Well, the, the only team that was over that, according to Track, was the Dodgers. They were at $271 million. Yankees were at 205. Mets are 201. Now the Mets are way over that for next year. I mean, their their current, I believe for 2022, their current payroll is. I, I'm gonna. I got to double check it, but I, I want to say they're already like at 235, and they're not done yet. So, if we look ahead to to 2022, I think they're, we're projecting like three teams to be above that 210. And it's the Mets, the Dodgers, and the Yankees. But there are no other teams. Like If you look at 2021 as an example, there were only two, four, six, seven major league teams that were at $180 million or more in payroll. 
So it's not like the 210 number is going to be pushed by many people, which is probably why the owners are making this argument that it doesn't need to go up because most teams can't go there anyway. But again, with revenues going up over time, more teams will be able to get up to those numbers. But if we push it up too much, I'm sure that the fear is that the Yankees, Dodgers, Red Sox, you know, Phillies, the the big market teams, the Mats, that they'll be able to just continue to, to, to separate from the crowd, and that'll make things even less fair for Pittsburgh, Miami, Tampa Bay, whatever, right? I do think they're, they're, they have a point there, that if we move it up to like 225 or 230, well, the Yankees are going to go there. And the Mets are going to go there, and the Red Sox are going to go there, and the Dodgers are going to go there. And there are a handful of teams that will immediately go there, but not that many. But that is part of the concern that that some of the ownership membership is worried about, creating an even greater gap between the top-tier teams and the bottom teams. But let me ask you this. Let's take that that number that we're talking about, 210. There's only three teams that are currently 210 or more for next year. The gap is already $150 million of payroll between those teams and where the Pirates, Indians, and Orioles were last year. Is jacking that number up another 10 or $15 million a year really going to change anything compared to where it's been? Probably not. But I, I also think that if you were going to do something in good faith as as the ownership in Major League Baseball, and you you don't want to create a bigger competitive balance problem than you have now, which is, again, an understandable thing, then you should be you should be putting in some kind of mechanism that will push the payrolls at the bottom end of the spectrum up. Even if it's not a true floor, even if it's just an incentive system as opposed to a mandatory thing where, hey, if your payroll is above a certain number, um, you know, you get an extra draft pick or whatever. I mean, there's a lot of ways to, to, to incentivize the teams at the bottom spending more money. I mean, like, look at look at Tampa Bay. Their payroll was $70 million last year. It was 26th in Major League Baseball. And they obviously did a great job with that, that money. They won a lot. Their local TV deal is going to average $80 million a year over a 15-year contract. So before you even factor in national TV money, which is, if I'm remembering it right, is about $60 million a team right now and going up, you're way above what you're spending on your payroll. I mean, if you're if your local TV and your national TV money combined are double your payroll before we even talk about a sold, a ticket sold, before we talk about revenue sharing, which is another 20, 25, 30, 35 million dollars at this point. You're doing okay and you could be spending a, a lot more than you are. Now, in their case, they don't have to. And maybe that's the way you 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 structure this. Hey, your payroll can be as low as you want if you're good. You know, if if you if you're winning, if you, if you've got a winning record or you're winning 85 or more games and your payroll's below whatever number, 
hey, all right, you're fine. You don't get any penalties. You don't have to worry about it because you're doing – the idea is not making everybody spend. The idea is making teams more competitive. But I do think there's a valid concern that if you push the, the luxury tax number up, only a handful of teams can go there because we all we already know that only a few are up there now. And you don't want that gap to grow, which, again, I understand. But there needs to be pressure at the bottom to come up. And right now, there is nothing there that does that. Right now, you actually benefit more by staying down there because you'll make money whether you're good or not. All right, let's wrap it up with some on-field stuff. We've been taking our, you know, a little bit of time talking about various positions with the Cardinals. We talked about the bullpen and the and the rotation last week. Uh, we'll get to the outfield and the infield, and we'll mix the DH in there somewhere coming up later on this week. But today I want to talk about the catching situation. It seems pretty straightforward, and I think it is. We'll examine it when we come back on KMLX. There's a high fly ball. Welcome back to the Meyer Jensen Sports Open Line. And it's a gunner. Big fly, Nolan Arenado. Meyer Jensen, a personal injury law firm because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. And the Billikens win this one. Touchdown, Kansas City. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. All right, we'll wrap up tonight with some on-field baseball talk. We're doing a little Cardinals primers uh, here in the last uh, couple of weeks, and we'll do that here this week with catchers today. We'll do that now. It's pretty easy, by the way. Catchers thing is super easy. There's not much to to debate here. Uh, we'll talk more about the infield, outfield, and DH later on in the week. Uh, but the catching situation is pretty simple this year, although I will say it could be a little bit more complicated than it's been in previous years. Obviously, Yadier Molina is going to be the primary catcher. Uh, I don't know what the plan is in terms of games played. I know he likes to play every day, and it'll be interesting to see how the team wants to handle this knowing that it's his last year because they have to start the process of you know figuring out how it's going to work 2023 and beyond without, without Yadi. Now, he caught 120 or he played 120 games last year um, he played 42 of 60 in 2020, and he played 113 games the year before that. So you really you look at the last four seasons because he played 123 games in 2018. You look at the last four seasons, you're probably on a, on a 162-game schedule. You're looking at an average of about 120 games. I wonder if that needs to go down this year. Now, it depends on Andrew Kisner, really. Like, Kisner has to give you a reason to play him more. Right, He needs to perform, and if he does, it'll be interesting because, look, Yachty, the last three seasons, 2019, 2020, 2021, has had numbers that rank below average in Major League Baseball offensively. Now, he's still a you know, gold glove finalist, still an all-star last year, still a, a quality player, still a great defensive player, but he's been below average offensively the last three years in a row in four of the last five years, and in five of the last seven years. So I know a couple of those years, it's unfair, right? Like 2015, he was hurt. That was the year, I think, with the thumb injury, and it sapped his power, and that's not really a fair comparison. But these last three years, I think, are are reasonable comps for what we can expect in 2022. So you want the defense, but you also have this, uh, we have to start planning for what's going to come next. I wonder if the plan will still be for 120, 130 starts, 
or if the plan's going to be more like 100, 110, depending on how the backup goes. And the backup is certainly looking like it's going to be Andrew Kisner. I can't imagine it's going to be Yvonne Herrera who will be playing in the minors. But the Cardinals' catching situation seems pretty straightforward. Yachty's still the main man. Kisner's still the backup. Herrera's still a big part of the future. And then next year, you probably see some kind of combination of Herrera and Kisner until we figure out which one of them can run with the job and take it. And if they don't, well, maybe you need to go out. But Herrera seems like the one with the higher upside long term. And I say seems like that. We don't really know until you see him in the major leagues. But that's the way it seems. He's a more highly regarded prospect at the same stage. He's more highly regarded than Andrew Kisner was. Doesn't mean that it's going to work out that way. Just that's the, that's the apples to apples comparison. It's going to be it. I, I, I will be curious to see how they do this with Molina. And I wonder if you get a better offensive player with a little more rest. The problem, though, and I fully get this because I think defense matters way more than offense behind the plate. Clearly, you want the best defensive player back there because that's the guy that's helping your pitchers the most. So I think it's got to be fluid. I wouldn't say today you want to plan on reducing anything automatically. I think you want to see how it goes. And if Andrew Kisner shows you that he's doing the job and deserves more playing time, well, then you can maybe cut into what was previously planned for Molina. But until he shows that, I think you go with the plan as as it has been. Yachty's the everyday guy if he's healthy. And you ride the defense, and we'll see where it goes from there. All right. Good talking with you tonight. Hey, I got a lot more baseball coming your way tomorrow. We'll see what comes up when it comes to the Blues as well. Sports Open Line wrapping up on a Monday night. We'll catch you on Tuesday. Hancock and Kelly next on KMOX. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Oh, O'Reilly.
hearts. <laughs> 